This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to a special edition of the Mike Francesa podcast. And special is the word when you're talking about the Masters. Uh, there's nothing like it. If you're a sports fan, if you're a golf fan, it is uh, really special, uh, unique days when you get a chance uh, to know that tomorrow when you wake up, it'll be time for Augusta. And the intrigue and everything that surrounds this tournament has been heightened by the presence and remarkably heightened by the presence of one Tiger Woods who we believe is going to meet the starter on Thursday, is now 35-1 to 1 to win the tournament. I mean, could you imagine such a thing? Could you even imagine him on the leaderboard? But Tiger Woods' presence has now made this Masters even uh, a more special event. There's no Phil Mickelson for the first time in a very long time. He made his bet. He's got to uh, fix his... Public problem, his problem with the PGA. He's got a lot of fences to mend. He made his own bet. He's going to have to live in it. There's no, no, nothing else that you can say about that. But as Phil is in there, Tiger is. And that is something I never expected to see. I, I, I am shocked that there was even a possibility that Tiger would play. As the week went on, you, you got the idea that he is going to play. As we uh, tape this, he has not officially said he's meeting the starter, but he said as of yesterday that unless something dramatic happened, he was going to start. Now everybody expects him to be there. And now the question is, A, can he make the cut? And then B, can he ever, ever find his way into contention uh, for another green jacket? It would be one of the stories uh, of the ages. It would be one of the remarkable comebacks and would even take the just the entire legend of Tiger Woods to such another level, if it's even possible, if he could do this. I mean, this, this to me, it's making medical history by him even being able to go out there and walk that course and compete on this high level. The fact that he is able to do that is utterly remarkable. If he makes a cut, it's even more remarkable. And then if he's ever in contention, well, then he's taken this beyond what anybody's comprehension could have ever been. And that is what we face now as we get ready for this year's Masters, heightened, of course, by the presence of one Tiger Woods. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back to the Mike Francesa Podcast. And if you're a sports fan and especially a golf fan, this is like a high holy day knowing that tomorrow morning you wake up and it's the Masters. There's nothing better. And all this week, Golf Channel provides comprehensive studio coverage surrounding the Masters, headlined by live from the Masters every night's can't miss. Following the conclusion of play hosted by Rich Lerner, who started on a fan a million years ago. Uh, he was there when I started in 87. Brandel Shambly and Paul McGinley 
Can, now, Randall does an incredible job. He's a, he's a must-watch, must-listen-to analyst for, this, uh, for a lot of reasons, but this reason especially. He tells the truth. Nobody, and he took the mantle for Johnny Miller. Johnny Miller told the truth, and maybe some guys got mad at him. Randall tells the truth, and it's sometimes a lonely place, but that's why you watch, and that's why it's great to watch. Randall, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Mike, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, and it's true. Retirement. It's good and it's true. Back, thank Mike. you. Well, I'm back doing a podcast, so they got me back finally to do something. But, you know, uh, and uh, no, no one loves the Masters more than me. I've been fortunate enough to go there and spend uh, the Masters week with Jim Nance, who's like a brother, three times. Uh, and I was there once when it rained, Randall, on Thursday when they got rained out the year. Mike Weir won it. And on Friday, I walked with uh, our mutual good friend, Freddie Couples. And I'm telling you, when I got back to the house, I was in mud up to my thighs. I mean, it was unbelievable. That place is a mess when it rains. Yeah, you know, 2003, that's right. That was a year. And, and the thing that's notable about that is, you know, obviously when it rains, it brings more players into the field. At that particular Masters, everybody was talking about, wow, this course has been lengthened. It's so long and now it's so soft and it's going to play into the hands of the long hitters. But the fact is, no, that's not the case. It, it makes it easier for the shorter hitters to stop the ball. If you remember who won that year, it was Mike Weir. Mike Weir, absolutely. Hitters. Remember that's it right. well. I say I was in, eight, in the 18th tower that day. I stayed in the 18 the whole day. Uh, so it was a great vantage point. I could see nine and 18. Only one guy birdied 18 that whole day, and that was Phil Mickelson. And Weir won it. And, and you're right. There's a guy who was anything but a, a, a big hitter. And it's just people. Here's what they don't know about this place. And I hope everyone who's a golf fan gets to go there at least once in their life because it's like going to any great venue, Kentucky Derby or whatever it is. It's just so special. The place is one of the more hilly golf courses you will ever see. It's it's uh, when you go two or eleven, a place is like a roller coaster. Well, there's only two holes on the whole golf course that are level. That's twelve and sixteen. That's it. Every other hole is either going up or down or across a hill. So yeah, it's hard to walk, and that's what especially makes it hard to play. Now you can't bury the lead, which is Tiger Woods. I'll tell you right now, I would have bet serious money he would not start. Uh, you know, having had a knee replacement 20 years ago and dealing with leg swelling, even when I play 18, I know how tough it is with the injuries he have. Joey LaCava is a friend of mine. I know what Tiger's gone through. Um, I'm shocked that he's even possibly out there. I know it's not committed 100% yet. He was going to practice today. Maybe by now it's, uh, it's, it, he's in. I would think the the uh, wet ground would hurt him even more to walk that. Um, what about Tiger and where he is from a golf standpoint if he does start? First of all, I'm sure like everyone else, you're shocked he's there. Uh, if he does play, what's your expectation? Yeah, he's a walking miracle. You know, you you think back to the video and the pictures of uh, his car in the bottom of that canyon. And you thought, well, I mean, if he's lucky to be alive. And then you thought, well... You know, he's lucky to have both of his legs. He's right. lucky to be able to walk, you know, the whole bit. And it's miraculous. That it's like Ben Hogan. Here. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it I probably exceeds, you know, the injuries of Ben Hogan, you go back and read, were nowhere near as severe as what Tiger Woods faced. The word the doctors used to describe what happened to his right leg or the bones in his right leg, more specifically, was comminuted. That's oh. a, I didn't know what that word meant. You Google that. And it, it basically says turned into powder, uh, oh. broken into numerous pieces. So how they put him back together is a surgical miracle. And you heard Tiger Woods, of course, applauding his surgeons. Uh, the fact is, though, he's here. He is walking with a little bit of a limp. But he said yesterday that his golf swing is not a problem. 
Everybody that's played with him had said he's bombing it. He's flushing every shot. It's amazing. He's chipping it beautifully. He's putting beautifully. So it looks like his golf swing is in order. And if he can some way make his way around this golf course to sort of quote Freddie Couples, he wouldn't be surprised. So nor would I be surprised to see Tiger Woods contending. Boy, I can tell you, boy, if he can do that, it'd be one of the miracles of all time. I would think even getting in and out of traps, going up and down, just the wear and tear from Friday to Saturday. Saturday would be the round that would really worry me if I were him, just from the wear and tear. But listen, God bless him. The fact that he's there just makes the event so much more special this year. You don't have Phil there, and Phil made his own bed. I mean, no question. So, and having Tiger back, if he's there, is just amazing. And then you get to this field and, you know, it's funny. There's probably 15 or 20 really wonderful players who can win in their prime. And no one is talking about the guy who's been the hottest guy in golf. I haven't heard one guy mention Scotty Scheffler all week. Not one guy. The guy's been on fire. He might be the best putter in the field. Nobody's talking about him. Well, we'll spend a lot of time talking about him tonight on our show. Obviously, the number one player in the world. For those who are not that familiar with the game, he's won three of his last six tournaments. And he's got every single facet that you need around Augusta National. Augusta National is really good at divining out a very select group of players that can sort of hit high cuts off hook lies. And there's just not that many people that can do it and do it that well. Jordan Spieth is one of them, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus. Scotty Scheffler is one of those guys. He's only played here twice. And you think about the experience that you need around here. Tiger didn't win till his third try. I don't think Jack won till his fourth or fifth. Seve didn't win till his fourth or fifth. Same with Watson. There's just so much that you need to know about Augusta National, where not to hit it, where you can miss it, and how to sort of get your way out of tough three-puttable spots. Uh, But having said all that, the softness of the golf course will mitigate some of the severity of it. So that will mitigate the need for experience. So, you know, look, there's five guys in the top 20, five guys that I put check marks next to their names because they had every single facet that they need to play well, including form. Scotty Scheffler is certainly one of them with a double check. Uh, but a lot of the best players in the world come in here out of form. Well, who's the, uh, who are the others? I know one's not Victor Hovland well, because he cannot play around the green. The guy is just awful well, you're, around you're, the green. You're spot on about that. But, you know, it's uh, Scotty Scheffler. It's Colin Morikawa. Okay. Uh, it, it's uh, Justin Thomas. Right. Uh, it's Cameron Smith. I mean, when you start right. to look at Cameron Smith. And, and no Cameron one talks Smith's, about him, but he's a terrific player. He really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A- absolutely. And then it's Hideki Matsuyama. We haven't really Who's got a, a bad back, on. right? Or something. He's got a little bit of a bad back. I've watched him hit golf balls the last right. three days. and it, it may be bothering him, but I see no signs of it. He's absolutely smashing it. The golf swing looks great. All of his numbers and his form may not be you know, eye-popping, but all the numbers say that pretty much every single facet of his game is right on point, which is more than I can say for John Rahm or Dustin Johnson. Yeah, Rom is Rom is way off his game. Even DJ missing fairways. I mean, so he's not even hitting the ball that pure right now. Usually, that's not an issue with him. So I agree with you. And Rom too. Rom's putting. Rom doesn't want to talk about his putting. Let's be honest. He can't make a five footer this year. Well, it, look, it's not just his putting. It's his scrambling around the greens. I mean, he's you know you put those two together. Uh, what you do around the greens, what you do on the greens, and that that's scrambling. And he is. He's arguably the best ball striker in the game. You put those numbers together, what he does off the tee and into the green, but you can't hit every green. He averages hitting 49 greens around here and is, what, five or six starts. So that's 23 times he's scrambling for par. And if you're not 65 to 70%, well, you're just not going to get it done. I mean, you just can't ball strike 
purely ball strike your way to victory here. And that part of his game is a big weakness. We're talking with Brandon Chambly, Golf Channel. And again, when the Masters is over any night, turn the uh, Golf Channel and watch these guys because they do an incredible job. And it really accentuates your coverage and, and, and your enjoyment of the event because they really do a great job analyzing everything that's going on. It's four days of just watching this stuff because I, I love it. When I don't go, I think it's the greatest. I, I, it's the best event. It never – certain events, like the Final Four and, uh, and, the, and the NCAA tournament never gives you a bad tournament. It Masters never – gives you a bad tournament it just never does i mean it's it's rare one in ten will be a bore but it's very very rare even when you think you're going to get a bore like when norman has a huge lead here comes faldo norman falls apart i mean so you know it's something always happens at the masters you know you mentioned morikawa who we know is one of the great iron players in the world a great young player i saw him saying you know the problem here is I have trouble shaping the ball. I don't draw the ball the way I have to here, and I have to draw the ball on 18. I have to draw the ball on 14. Rom said the same thing. I'm a fader of the ball. I don't draw the ball. Is that in their heads, or can they get past that stuff? Well, look, I mean, Hogan was a fader of the golf ball. Nicholas was a fader of the golf ball. They played beautifully around here. You, you need to hit a couple of key draws off of 2T for certain, off of 13T. And off of 14T, you can get away with cutting it off the bunker at five. You can probably get away with, uh, you know, hitting it down the right side at nine. Yes, of course, you got to hit a draw off 10, but you can get up there with a three wood sort of trap, cut it or trap, draw it and get it around that corner. But two, 13 and 14. And, 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 and that's it. I'd like to think that they'd be able to get up with, you know, with, and, and by the way, the fact that the wind's going to be coming out of the west is going to help tomorrow. You couldn't have an easier win, really, for this golf course. I mean, its severity will be, you know, a bit hard to deal with. But in terms of working it around the corner at 13, well, the wind will be coming out of the right, you know, and and it'll it'll be into the wind at 14, so it's easier to sort of draw it into that wind. So tomorrow, at least for the players who have trouble sort of drawing it, they're going to get some help from the wind. Let me touch on a couple of guys that the fans are always thinking about when it comes to the Masters. Number one, when it's a major, everyone thinks, where's Kepka? Kepka's played sneaky good this year, and he, he's, he turns it up, let's be honest. He doesn't always try his hardest in these other tournaments. Um, uh, that's just the bottom line. He is an animal in the majors. I expect big things out of him. How about Kepka's game? Yeah, he, he's it's a bit like Dustin Johnson. You know, he, he relies on a fade almost exclusively, but for the better part of a year, year and a half, he's been getting double crossed. And what I mean by that, in, in you know, professional golfers say when they hit, they were trying to hit a fade left to right shot and they miss it left that they're double crossed. And when you're aiming for a fade, you're aiming down the left side. So a miss left can be pretty devastating yep. because you're going to miss it farther into the trees. So, and he's been played by that, not just with his driver, but also with his irons. I mean, he's so good that yes, even when he does that, three, four, five times during a tournament, he can get around it because he hits so many other great shots. But that's why I don't have a check check mark by his name or Dustin Johnson's name. Both of them are being plagued with this double cross miss. And how about Spieth, who really shines? He, he, he does very well on this course. I mean, this is a course he feels very comfortable at. This course is is so suited to Jordan Spieth. You know what I was saying earlier about being able to hit high cuts off draw lines. Well, there's hardly anybody in the game that can hit it higher and hit their irons better and cut them off of these difficult hanging lies. Uh, so he's he's got that part of the game down. He just played the Texas Open in the last round there. 
He shot 67. That doesn't seem particularly notable until you dive into the numbers. He played almost 640 measured rounds on the PGA Tour, and it was the single best ball striking round of his entire career. Lost three strokes to the field on the greens and still shot 67. Uh, So the ball striking has been you know, pretty good, but obviously last week it was extraordinary. And now when you start to look at the only reason you wouldn't pick him maybe as your favorite is because he's been struggling with his putter. If he can find any semblance of the putting stroke, just putt a little bit better than average, he'll be very tough to beat here. Very, very interesting. And then you guys, all of you fall in love, and it's funny, not just you, but whoever's doing the events, doing the broadcast, it'll be like, Oh, here's McElroy, and they show you this majestic iron that lands a foot from the hole, and then he's plus five. I mean, everyone's always waiting for Rory to explode. Let's be honest. It's been a long time since Rory's exploded. Well, that's true. The last major he won was the PGA in 2014. He's played 26 majors since then. And if you go back and look, his average position after every single round played in every single major he is way worse in the first round, better in the second round, better still in the third, and finally better in the fourth in every single one of them. Interesting. He's an average player. He's an average player in round number one. He's a world-class player beginning Why Friday. is that, you think? Now, what would cause that? Too much technical thought or too much put pressure Maybe. putting on himself? Maybe. Either way, it's mental, and he's not doing a very good job of putting himself in the right frame of mind to play major championship. Personally, I think he listens to too many people. I do. I think he, he's got a lot of different voices that he, you know, and, and he's got a good team around him. Don't get me wrong, but great players have a way of, of silencing things, getting, getting in that spot where it's quiet. They may have a lot of noise around them, but sometime during the week of the major, they're like, you guys just hush and let me sit here in my cocoon and figure all this out on my own. And I, I just don't think, and certainly the evidence points to the fact that Rory hasn't been able to do that. Randall Chambly, Golf Channel. Check them out. They do incredible coverage. The Masters begins uh, tomorrow morning, weather permitting. It looks okay. Tiger Woods, we believe, will be in the field, which is he's 35-1 to 1 to win it, uh, which is huge odds for him. But remember, I mean, him, if he made the cut, to, first of all, he's there as a miracle. If he makes the cut, it's a double miracle. And then if it's the weekend he's playing and he's on the leaderboard, my God, he'll have the highest ratings in the history of the Masters. I mean, it will be un, it will be unbelievable story by the weekend if he is ever anywhere near a leaderboard. Two guys who have just fouled themselves up royally, and and you're good at being honest about this stuff. DeChambeau, I mean, what is he trying to prove to himself that he can basically, why doesn't he just take like a motorcycle and ride himself into a wall? I mean, the guy, he looks like he's the walking wounded out there. What is he trying to do with all this talent? Well, two things there. I think, one, he's off mentally. Because you look at all of the leading players, or almost all of the leading players, and their games are off. I think a large part of that is due to the distraction of courting the Saudi tour. Uh, That's certainly at play there. But beyond that, to the physical element of Bryson DeChambeau, is I think he's he's an obsessive personality. He dipped his toe into this powerful pursuit of longest hitting, and he's become obsessed with it. I think he'd rather go out and try to hit drives 400 yards long then he would consider the ill effects of what he's doing. He's, I don't think he's, I think he's properly figured out how to relax and repair uh, and restore. He's just training all day, every single day. And he's out there with this guy, Carl Berkshire, who's the longest hitter in the world. And they're trading blow after blow after blow. I mean, it's entertaining, but at some point you got to think, well, this is an irrational pursuit 
given the fact that he's a professional golfer and hanging a number on the board. By the way, he already swings faster than anybody else on the PGA Tour. He doesn't need to pursue any more distance. He's done it. He does, it's like a it. fast. It's like a guy who throws a hundred and he wants to throw a hundred and ten. He doesn't need to throw a hundred and ten. Right. You know, try to paint the corners if you're throwing hundred miles an hour. You're already a god. Uh, it's amazing. And he was on the practice tour today and he looked like he was beat up. It looked like he had, they were talking about him like for 20 minutes and he, well, his knees bad, his back's bad, his hands bad. It's it's like he's been wrecked by, you know, he's like, he's been running to the line of scrimmage 50 straight times. He's all beat up the guy. This this is, you know, this is the other side of, and I would say this is a bit the tiger effect because tiger took this game and it was a game and he turned it into a sport. And so guys came to this sport, they're bigger, better athletes. They have, you know, other sports mentality, they go to the gym and they get ripped. And these are all good things. But, you know, if you get obsessive in the gym, you're likely to get injured. You look at all the players that have been injured going back to, you know, the beginning of, you know, 2000, you see David Duvall got injured, right? He was in the gym, got fit, got injured. Rory McIlroy got fit, got injured. Brooks Kepka got fit, got injured. Dustin Johnson got fit, got injured. Bryson DeChambeau lost his mind and he is a physical wreck. Now, all of them have sort of modified the way they trained and learned from it, but not all of them have fully recovered from the effects of getting injured. And that's certainly where Bryson's at right now. The other one, and I'll give you an idea, just his appeal, which you know. I mean, maybe the fans don't. I have a a couple of uh, teenagers, and my younger one was 15. We were in – I have a house in Palm Beach. They wanted to go to the the Honda Classic one day, so we went over there, and all we wanted to do was follow Ricky, and that's all anybody wanted to do was follow Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler had so many fans at the Honda Classic. The guy has been in oblivion for two years or three years. His career has gone straight down. They put a graphic up one day where his career has just gone down, 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 down in the last five years. What has happened to the promise? He once was as good a putter as I saw. Now he can't putt. What has happened to Ricky Fowler? Well, his former coach, Butch Harmon, retired, right? Which all that meant was he, it wasn't that he wasn't going to teach anymore. It's just that he wasn't going to travel the tour. You know, he was sneaking up on 80. So he was like, listen, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest here in Vegas. You want to come see me? Fly to Vegas. The last time I flew to Vegas, it's a pretty nice spot. Yeah. Nice hotels, nice food. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's an easy flight on your private jet. But for whatever reason, players decided to not work with Butch Harmon because he retired. So they hired other teachers. And that's dangerous as hell because all these guys were on a great trajectory. And look, I, I it's not that I have a huge Why would you change his opinion. putting stroke? The guy was an incredible well, putter. Yeah, but look, you, you know, it's not that he changed his putting stroke. It's that he's... He's changed his golf swing, right? And so all of a sudden, his ball striking falls off precipitously. He doesn't hit it as far, doesn't hit it as straight, nowhere near as good. And so now then the house is on fire. All your attention goes to that. He can't fix it. And he doesn't maintain the sharpness and the, and the strength that he had. And so the next thing you know, you've got this downward spiral, spiral and you can't stop it. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a lesson learned by everybody out there. It's like you got a good thing going. Why the hell would you change your golf swing? It blows my mind. Unbelievable. It absolutely blows my mind. We may never see him come back. I it's mean, amazing. You might not, I guess. And, and let's be honest, it's been about a five years, and he has yeah. as many fans as and it's amazing the appeal he has. The people love him. They go crazy for him. Well, they were great, 10 deep that day looking for him. Yeah, well, look, he's a great kid. He says all the right things, does all the right things. You're not going to see him throwing clubs or yelling expletives. You're not going to see him being ir- ir- you know, disrespectful to volunteers. He's, he's an amazing kid, and he won. 
a fair bit, maybe not a ton, but a fair bit. And he won in, in great ways. You put all that together and, you know, I mean, he's a rare commodity on the tour. And I know the tour is pulling for him to come back, but his game has just fallen sort of in, almost into oblivion. And not, not many come back from that. Uh, you got, we know there's, you know, we mentioned Scheffler, Cantley, Shoffley, okay? Hovland, I don't think he can win. Let me touch on him for a second. He's got a world of talent. He has just a huge flaw in his game. How correctable or how quickly could they correct the fact that he has no clue what to do around the green? Look, he's been at it for a couple of years. He, you know, and he's a great kid and he's an unbelievable ball striker. And he talks about they're working on it and they're working on it, but it's not any better, not any better. And around here, as much as we talk about ball striking, it is great creativity and scramblers from Seve to Watson to Tiger to Spieth to Mickelson. You name it. You know, you you just like I said, you can't just ball strike your way to success around here. But in my view, what Victor Hovland does is the peculiarity of his golf swing is he's almost just sort of really wooden, draws the club to the inside, and then lifts it and comes over the top and, and hits great shots. We've seen tons of people hit great shots like that, but we've seen nobody chip great like that. And he has that kind of move to begin his pitching and chipping process where he's real wooden, drags it to the inside. Now then to recover, he's got to get some slack in his arms, some set in his wrist, and then reroute the club to get on top of the plane. Great pitchers almost to the man have a little looseness in their wrists, looseness in their yep. elbows, or they take the club a little bit on the outside where the, the face rotates, where they can use the bounce. None of that happens in Victor Hovland's game. And, you know, the reason he's not being picked or really even talked about is because that is such a glaring weakness. Oh, I agree. It's enormous weakness. And I think you you, you got to have some imagination around these greens. There's no question. We're talking with Brandon Shambly. All right. Of these guys, you know, you got guys like Rom, who clearly is a little off his game. You mentioned that. DJ, a little off his game. Kepka, a little off his game. You got the guys who are completely out of it, like DeChambeau. And you got the guys who have been red hot, like a Scheffler. And then you got Cantley and Shoffley, who's played well at, the, at Augusta. Spieth, who's dangerous. Who do you like this week? I like Justin Thomas. He is by far the best iron player in the world right now. From 50 to 125 yards, he's first. From 125 to 150 yards, he's second. From 150 yards to 175, he's first, right? And then from 175 to 200, he's first. Fairway proximity, he's first. I mean, in all those aspects of the game, you, you couldn't find anybody sharper with their iron play than Justin Thomas. Uh, you know, look, I mean, this this could go any number of ways, but just from an historical aspect of what this place asked for, creativity, imagination, there's a reason why Tiger is best friends with and calls Justin Thomas his little brother, other than the fact that Justin Thomas and him mesh personality. He respects his game. I think, I think he sees some of himself in Justin Thomas, and that's, that's evident in a lot of different aspects of Justin Thomas's game. Let me touch on Thomas for a second. That Ralph Lauren thing and that whole thing where he you know, made a, a comment he shouldn't have made, but he paid dearly for it. I mean overly paid for it, and it seemed to impact him. Do you think he's passed all that stuff now? I do. I, I do think he's passed it. And, you know, anybody who knows Justin Thomas will say that's that's not who Justin Thomas is. And hey, he everybody was, has a bad moment. I mean, let's be right. honest. Okay? He, he was he was as contrite and as sick to his stomach about his remark as anybody could be and should be if something like that comes out of your mouth. Uh, but, you know, the idea of the cancel culture 
while I understand the underlying premise of it, it doesn't allow people to stumble towards their better selves, make mistakes, make amends, understand what you did, and move on. And I think Justin Thomas has has done that. And I think the world of golf, uh, you know, I think applauds him for the way he handled that. It was a it was a a horrible thing to say, a horrible thing to have had heard by the world. But he made amends. And I, I think he's I think he's you know, look, he hasn't won since the players championship last year. But recently he's been very, very close. So a big part of it, one of the reasons I like Justin besides his iron play is because he comes in here, I would say, under the radar, which helps. He comes in here hungry, not sated. You know, he's not sated. I would say Scotty Scheffler, the reason I like it, he's, he's, he's had three wins in six, six events. Now, you could say that's great, but on the other hand, I'd say, you know, you can't help human nature unless you're Tiger Woods. You're a little bit sated. You know, you're comfortable. You're happy. And I think, uh, I think Justin Thomas comes in here sort of ravenous for victory, and it's, it's time. He's just too good not to have won. You know, one of the things we love, Brandon, about the Masters is the fact that you can score – Things can change so dramatically the last nine holes. You hit you hit Ray's Creek, you hit 12, and people screw up the wind, and now they're in the water. Or do I go for the eagle on 13 or 15, or do I not? I'm, I, I, I didn't hit a great drive. Now do I go and risk it? Or the, the, the risk-reward of the Masters, the ability to charge as we've seen guys charge, hard to hold a lead sometimes. In your mind – does that make the Masters tougher to win from in front than the other majors, or do you think it's would you you think it's harder to have a two-stroke lead at Augusta with nine holes to play, or a two-stroke lead in the U.S. Open with nine strokes to play? Oh, definitely two strokes for the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is about attrition. It really is. Guys often fall out of the lead. Doesn't often happen at Augusta National. If you start to look at the average position of the people that. Well, wind even they win even from the first round. I mean, the average position of the eventual winner after the first round. I mean, you think about it, 90 some odd players in the field. The average position of the winner after the first round is 7.6, better than eighth. And then it gets to third and to second. So, I mean, literally, by the time you reach Friday night, you look at the first page of the leaderboard, your winner's coming from there. And then by the time you reach Saturday night, you look at that last group very good chance your winner's coming from that last group. It divides out so beautifully who has these shots, who has the nerve, who has the creativity. And look, the fact that there's water on 13 or 12, 13, 11, that's an added bonus. Because the great thing about Augusta National is, unlike the U.S. Open where the dragon slays them, you get to slay the dragon here. And it's exciting. You get to go for it at 13. You make eagles. You, you know, there's a lot of run up that leaderboard. But inevitably, the people chasing who make that run then have to go to 15 and 16 and deal with their own nerves. And then, by the way, 17 and 18 are sort of under the radar. 18 is a tough hole. I watched 18 Fair. a whole. I've watched 18 from the booth a couple of times for a whole day. That is a tough hole to birdie, man. A really tough hole to birdie. Made even tougher this year because they've added, although they didn't move the tee box, they've lengthened the tee box so almost 15 yards. So now it's going to be 480 and it's going to be up the hill. And I think the wind's going to be in right to left. So it's just going to be, a, you know, it could be a driver four or three iron for these guys. I mean, it's going to be a bear. So Justin Thomas, if there's a long shot to complete the uh, exacto, who would who who would be a long shot guy to take a, to, to to keep an eye on? As soft as it is, again, I think it's going to it's going to allow some shorter hitters to play into this. I mean, the average world rank of the winner of the last 10 years is 11. But if I'm looking outside the top 20 in the world ranking, I'd look at Matthew Fitzpatrick 
Matthew Fitzpatrick is leading the PGA Tour in scoring average. Nobody's talking about him. He has all the facets of the game that I've sort of alluded to without great power. And if you want to go even further down to a player 40th to 50th, Russell Henley, he's best iron player on the PGA Tour from a strokes gain approach uh, perspective uh, and playing beautiful golf this year. Nobody will talk about him. Nobody will look at him. Uh, but he's certainly number a one iron player, player right now in the world, isn't he? Number one and number two. He is. Yeah. He is. He is. He doesn't drive it. He doesn't drive it great. And that's 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 no small uh, uh, deterrent or, you know, no small detraction. Uh, another player that, you know, look, Taylor Gooch, uh, Corey Connors. These guys are good players. Corey Connors is a good player. A Very good player. Yes. Yeah, they have a lot of value from a ball striking standpoint around this place. Well, listen, thanks for a couple of minutes. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be watching on the Golf Channel. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on, Mike. My Always pleasure. Thank you. you. Randall Chambly, Golf Channel, does a great job. And again, turn the Golf Channel on for all uh, the coverage. They do a great job really around the clock uh, covering it. And right after the day, you want to see what happened, get your viewpoint on the whole thing, and then to chronicle this whole thing with Tiger, which is going to be, you know, start to finish. Listen, I don't know what is in Tiger's head, uh, but if he goes out there, it's a miracle. If he's there on Saturday, it's another miracle. And if he's ever on a leaderboard, like I said, you'd be looking at the highest ratings uh, that we've seen in a a very long time. And, you know, you don't ever want to count Tiger out, but, boy, you wonder how he could get that done considering where he was 15, 16 months ago. It is utterly remarkable to me that he's even contemplating playing this event. And I I don't know if he's officially in, but he said after he played nine today, so that should be happening. I, I, I guess we'd know if he wasn't in. So it sounds like he will be meeting the start of tomorrow, which will be an enormous worldwide story. We'll uh, give you some thoughts and some predictions and some long shots right after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, we're back on the Mike Francesa podcast uh, for the Masters, which will begin uh, come Thursday morning. As always, one of the great sporting events and heightened this year by all this craziness about Tiger. Mike Leboff uh, covers golf and other sports for the Action Network, uh, which uh, does a great job. And uh, he likes to pick long shots in these golf tournaments. So do I. I I love wagering on a golf tournament because like horse racing, the value is unbelievable. Like, I won't let Kepka go here at 20 to 1. I'm betting on Kepka. I bet on Kepka in these majors because he's just been so rewarding through the years. He's been a guy I've been on from the beginning. In fact, back on the days when I was on the fan, Breed was on Kepka. He got me on Kepka early, and Kepka started winning these events all the time. So Kepka became my guy. So I never pass on him. And then I'll look for some bombs at five, you know, guys who can finish at a decent price at. To finish in the top five, you can bet him in the top five, top 10, top 20. And then on BetRivers.com, if you're on the BetRivers gambling site, you can get the Masters uh, Bet and Get, where they'll give you bonuses for every eagle, every birdie that your guy gets. So check that out, too. All right, Mike, uh, let's get to the Masters. Now, you like real long shots. You you don't want anybody at 15 to 1. You don't want anybody at 20 to 1. You want some bombs. So for the Masters... Who's the bomb guys this year? Yeah, I like to to play long shots in these golf tournaments because they're really hard to win. And if you're going to be betting consistently and you're betting guys at eight to one or twelve to one, it's going to you know get to be too much of a grind. So I'd rather focus you know in like the forty to one or longer range. So let's start there. Tony Finau, forty five to one. 
Um, he's not been in, in great form. No, long hitter, very long hitter, and has played well at the Masters before and really is one of the real bombers. He's a guy who hits the ball a really long way. Yeah, and people don't realize it, but he's he's really good in the wind. Um, so if if things do get blustery there, it does look like the, the weather is going to be a factor um, over the weekend in terms of like the wind and the cold, which is kind of how I'm shaping my, my betting strategy here, as you'll see. So um, I like Tony. Like you said, he's he's got four starts here, three top tens, a top five. So a guy who, who can win. I met Finn um, at a golf tournament. I met him in the hotel. He was with his kids, uh, with my wife, at, at a golf tournament we were at. What a nice guy. His father worked for United Airlines in Utah, and that's how he got into golf. Uh, his father brought him some, some guys. His father worked at the airport, uh, and, you know, uh, that's a big hub for Salt Lake City. is a big hub for, for United, and that's how he got in. And what a nice guy. Big strapping kid and a nice guy. So, uh, and he's had his moments at Augusta. He's not the greatest putter in the world, but he is a guy who can bomb the ball. I mean, you look at him; he can he can turn anything into an eagle. He can turn any five into an eagle opportunity. That's for sure. Exactly, and uh, yeah, like you said, not a great putter, but most of the guys in this range won't be. You're just hoping that they get hot with the uh, with the flat stick and. You know, this is just their weekend, and they get a couple breaks. Um, All right, so Fino is one. Give me another one. All right, the next guy, same kind of strategy here. Another guy who I like in these kind of conditions, Terrell Hatton. He's 50 to 1. He's good on, you know, tough courses like this. Good, bad weather windy. player. Good, bad exactly. weather player, yes. And, uh, not that, not, that, not nature's nobleman here. You're, now you're talking about a guy who, other, not, unlike Fina, this is a guy with a really wicked temper. Yeah, he's he's hilarious to listen to in the uh, in like the post match press conferences. Yeah, he's always mad on the course. He's always mad. As a matter of fact, this guy he is. Yeah. Uh, you never don't see uh, Hatton be mad at something or yelling at something on the course. He's always mad at something. And uh, but you know he's coming in in decent form. Uh, for last four starts, T uh, four at Dubai, T two at the API, T thirteen at the Players, and then uh, just outside the top twenty, T twenty one at the Valspar. So he's he's good in um, like you said he's good in bad weather and he's good on tough courses. His Masters history isn't great, but uh, he did finish inside the top twenty last year, which was his his best uh, showing at Augusta. And what's so happened? Fifty to one. He's fifty to one. Yeah, fifty and to I one. Think that, you know, another guy who can who can provide some win equity at at a, at a big price. We're talking with Mike Leboff Action Network. He does golf for them among other sports. All right, uh, give me uh, give who else you have? Who's give me another guy? Yep. The, similarly, staying down the the same path here, Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's forty five to one. Now he is a good putter. Yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. he's also another guy who who will be used to to windy conditions if it if it gets blustery uh, coming from England. And like he's he's twenty seven. This is his eighth Masters already. So. Well, Sham- are- Brandel Shambly just picked him for second. As a matter of fact, that was his long shot. Was Fitzpatrick? That's who he picked. He's, I think he's going to be pretty popular in this range. Whenever, whenever he's like at at these odds, if you're if you're like me and you, where you're betting these tournaments every week, yep. Once you see Fitzpatrick at forty to one or longer, people will bet him, um, and and it makes sense because, like you said, he's a good putter, and the rest of his game is good enough to get him to the green so he can cash in. Um, and he's never, he's not good enough where he's ever going to be uh, at the top of the board in, in strong fields. So uh, I like Fitzpatrick forty five to one. Um, guy who who has experience here, but his results are mixed bag, kind of like Hatton. 
but he does have a top 10 uh, at Augusta. So All right. he's another guy that I really like. And um, guys, we'll start with Sung J.M. He's 60 to 1. Another guy, whenever I see a big number next to Sung Jay, I play him. I'm a sucker for Sung Jay. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a good here, player. You know, M sneaks up on you. Player. You never know when M. I never bet him, but I'll tell you something. He sneaks up on you. He does. And and you know what happens a lot, I feel like, in these tournaments with him is you'll you'll see him at, like, plus one, um, you know, one over or two over par on Thursday and think, oh, man, he's he's dead in the water. And then the next thing you know, on fr- by middle of Friday afternoon, he's charging up the leaderboard. Um and like I, like I was saying with uh, Fitzpatrick and Hatton and Finau, like you, you, when you're playing these long shots, you want to bet guys who actually can win. And he can win. He's won on the tour. He won on the tour uh, in the round. No, he's a season. good player. No, M's a yeah. good player. No, as a matter of fact, all four of your guys are all good players. Let's be honest. None of those guys are guys you say, what, the guy can't play. They're all good players. Finau doesn't win enough tournaments. He never has. But Hatton... We've seen win, and we've seen win. Fitzpatrick's a guy that people love. You just had Brandel Shambly just pick him uh, as his long shot. So, I mean, no, the other guys make plenty of sense. And you can, in the tournament like this, you can get a lot of good players between 35. Now, Tiger's 35. I wouldn't bet Tiger. As a matter of fact, if you ask me right now to bet him, make the cut, not make the cut, I would bet against him making the cut just because I know how bad his leg was and – I just can't believe he's out there. And he talked about yesterday when I watched this press conference, he said, they said, what's the toughest thing? He said, dealing with the swelling after I play. Now, I know that. I have a knee replacement. My legs always swell after I play around the golf. So you try to deal with that. You put your legs up. He's got to go out there and walk that course and play four rounds in four days. He had a leg that was completely shattered. They almost had to amputate it, and he's out there. I mean, if he's able to complete four rounds, it would be a medical miracle. Yeah, he's, he's the type of guy that when, if you're betting him, you know you're betting a bad number. Like and I wouldn't charge. bet him just because I wouldn't want to root against him. So I wouldn't bet him either way. But if you put a gun to my head and said, bet Tiger makes the cut or doesn't, I would bet doesn't make the cut only because I can't believe he's out there. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. He, uh, he, he, he It's so funny how as soon as he announced that he was going to you know, confirm he was playing, the, the odds just slashed immediately because all the money came pouring in. Um, oh, so, yeah. He'll yeah. probably be 20 to 1 by tomorrow morning, you know? And yeah, the books. If if he is in contention, man, the books will be. Uh, will be Can a you little, imagine a if scared. he's in contention? I tell you right now, if he's in content, if he's on the leaderboard on Saturday, you will have ratings the likes of which we haven't seen in a very long time. It will be a story. You know, we just lived through this Coach K last game story, the St. Peter's story. Uh, you know what? And three of the St. Peter's kids already left St. Peter's. You know, where do you think they're going to wind up next year? You know, I guess they won't be at Seton Hall. Uh, so the, you know, and, and hey, they're allowed. But uh, the, the bottom line is this Tiger Woods story will be unbelievable. I mean, people will be tracking his progress, you know, shot for shot. It'll be unbelievable. And he's playing with, who did I hear he was playing with? He's playing with uh, Louis. Who's the who's yeah, in, and, and, and who's the other one? Neiman. Neiman. Okay, that's right. That's right. And yeah. Neiman and, and Louie. Louie will handle it well. I don't know how Neiman will handle it, but the crowds will be – there might not be anybody watching anybody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Neiman is another guy who I, – I had him um, – where was that? At the, the Genesis at 60-1 to 1 where he won. He's another guy who I like to bet at these prices, but um, he just 
I, I wanted to go with the uh, guys who I thought of the four the guys, better. which one's your favorite? So far, um, I like, I mean, I like Sanjay. Like I said, I'm a sucker for him, but I do, I do have one more. And if, if you're looking for a true bomb, go ahead. Um, it's, it's Robert McIntyre. He's what is he? To, he's 125 to one. And what is he uh, at five to one? He's probably at least 10 to one for five to one, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can. He might like be, he might guy. be 10 to one for 10 to one. I mean, to finish he in finished, the top 10, he might be 10 to one. He finished T12 here in his debut last year. Oh, wow. Uh, and he's okay. Two, t- two top 10 finishes at the Open Championship. And he's so 125 he can, to one. If you bet him, you can bet him at finishing the top 20. He'll be a good price. Finish top 10 yeah. will be a good price. You know, I don't like finishing top five because top five is hard. I mean, that that yeah. is hard. You might as well play to win. I mean, so, exactly. but top 10 is always a good value. I think you can always bet top 10. It's a good value. Yeah, and he's he's got the same kind of profile that I've been looking for with all these guys, which is he can play in the wind. He's a lefty, which oh, he is a lefty, huh? I, yeah. I didn't realize oh. that. Yeah, always helps. Always helps at Augusta, and like I said, he he's got a a, a tournament at uh, the course under his, his belt, and he finished T twelve, so he can handle this course. He played at the um, the Valero Texas Open. Had a good f- first two days. Then he capitulated on Saturday, and then but he fought his way back. Um, so as soon as I saw him show signs of life again on Sunday, I, uh, I got him and he's honestly like a guy that next to him are not going to be around for much longer. He's very talented. He, he's like a five tool kind of player who could basically do it all and he can play in any conditions and he can play on tough courses. So, um, before, before you, I would make this bet with you that at the Masters, Bobby Mack will be much closer to where Tony Finau is. We're in that, in that like 40 to 60, uh, to one range, but 120, these triple digit numbers are not going to be hanging around on him much longer. All right. Well, thank you for these guys. Thank you for your contribution. Uh, keep up the good work with the action network, Mike Leboff action network, uh, which does a great job. Their gambling site, uh, run by Chad Millman does a great job. They, they, they got a lot of good information there. So check that out. If you're, uh, so inclined, like I said, plenty of good stuff there. Thank you, Mike. And we'll come back and uh, wrap up our golf podcast right after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. I guess I gave it away early in the uh, podcast, but when these mages uh, come our way, then to me, I always look to the same place, and that is the Brooks Kepka. He's 20 to 1 right now. I think his form is better than people think. I think he's healthy again, and when it's time to play in the big tournaments, to play in the majors, he is just a different kind of competitor. He takes it not only very seriously, he feels like he's the best player. He acts like that. His game often responds that way. He's 20 to 1 to win the Masters. That will be my play. I will take Kepka 20 to 1. I'll take a couple of long shots. Um, Shane Lowry, I would use to finish in the top 10. I also would take him to win a little bit at 40 to one. And I will take uh, Billy Horschel to uh, finish um, in the top 10. Also, he's another guy that I think has been playing very well. I think he's a dangerous player. Um, You get a good price on him to finish in the top 10. So I think he's about 60 to one to win the tournament, but my pick to win it is, um, Kepka. And when he's 20 to one in a major, 
That's where I'm going. That's where I am. I love Scheffler. I've won on Scheffler in a couple of tournaments. I've won twice on Scheffler in his three wins. I won twice. So he's been very, very good to me. I just don't think he's going to win the Masters this week. He's been hot. I just, I don't, I just, and his odds are short. I'd rather wait for a year where he's not 14 to 1. He is 20 to 1. I'm going with Brooks Kepka. Enjoy all the golf coverage. Enjoy the Masters. Have a good weekend with it. Uh, and we'll see you next week on the Mike Francesa podcast. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.